0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three-in-One who has come to assure us of His patience shown even to the foremost of sinners. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ... We've been going through this sermon series for a little while now, and we've been walking through this uh, sort of idea of going on a great adventure and then how our lives are these great adventures. And uh, we started off by uh, taking a look at how Jesus invites us into a life of of adventure that we shouldn't even rightfully have as our own, that he brings us on this adventure life By baptizing us and bringing us into his church. By making us Christians and and by giving us his understanding and by giving us a mission that we are to go on. And so uh, we, we start going on that mission, and then uh, with last time, we, we started to talk about how that mission involves some decisions in our lives, and how we start to have to make some decisions in order to accomplish that mission. And we start looking at uh, the, the different forks in the road that are ahead of us, and it's actually is right after that, that we find out that sometimes, well, we don't make the right decision, that we encounter failure. And we know that. It always seems to surprise us for some reason, but we know that we, a lot of times, are destined to failure and to defeat. And yet, We know that that's the case because we've read all sorts of stories and all of those stories usually involve the hero of that story having this moment of sort of first defeat, having this moment where they start to go on their mission and they find out that they aren't enough or that they do the wrong thing. Or that there's something else that's wrong and they encounter this first defeat. They find out that it's not going to be as easy as they thought that it may be. And we know that as well. Because we know that when we get into the stories of our lives, we encounter those first defeats as well. Anytime we start something new, we find out that there is going to be a risk that is a part of that adventure and we know that oftentimes the risk doesn't turn out the way that we want it to we know that a lot of times that we end up in failure we know that a lot of times we end up in defeat we we know that a lot of times we end up in this place where we have to surrender and say oh i wasn't enough For this challenge. I need to be more. I need to become more in order to surmount this thing that's ahead of me. And so we know what it's like to have these moments where we need not only a rescue, but we know that we need a rescue and we need to be further kind of developed in our lives before we approach our adventure again. And into that moment, we have this Sunday. The Sunday's readings that come in with all of these, these kind of moments of failure that are being explained through these scriptures. The first moment of failure being one where the prophet Ezekiel is telling the people of Israel that their priests and their leaders have failed them and Because of that, God himself has to step in. God himself has to be their shepherd. God himself has to bind their wounds. God himself has to do all of these things because they've messed it up so bad. And then we get into Psalm 119, the longest psalm that there is. And this whole psalm is this sort of love love song for the law, for the things that God requires of us. And the psalmist continues to say, Lord, I love your laws, I live by your laws, and yet here at the very end, he ends it by explaining that he is a lost and strayed sheep. That he has failed even though he outwardly has been declaring his love for God's law. And so we know that not only are we the people that have failed, but that there are people in the Bible who fail all over the place. That the Bible is not this story of great heroes who are heroes without failures. They're not that one-dimensional sort of hero who shows up in shining armor and everything is good about them. But rather, they're these flawed individuals that have experienced defeats in their lives. They have things in their backgrounds that, that haunt them. They have sins that they know that they have committed And they know even that those sins have been forgiven. And yet, they look back at those things and they go, how could I have even been that person who needed the forgiveness for that kind of a sin? How could have I been that person? A lot of you know that I worked part of my way through seminary at a, a catering place and, uh, and that I, I rose from the ranks of being a mere server to a bartender to finally the greatest job title that I've ever had and probably ever will have, the job title of party captain. And a party captain was somebody who was uh, completely responsible for uh, for one of our events at, at this high-end catering place. And and uh, it meant that I was in charge of all of the people that were working. I was in charge of the event, uh, that it would go well and that it would do all of the right thing. And I was uh, kind of a, a new party captain uh, at at this time. And uh, we were doing this this wedding reception, which was like 90% of the, the events that we did. We were doing this wedding reception. And there was this moment after the bride and the groom, they cut the cake and we knew what to do. We knew that what we were supposed to do was we were supposed to take the cake table and all and move it back to the kitchen in order so that our people could cut the cake so that it would be ready for dessert. So me and one other guy, we grab the table, we pick it up, we start moving it back towards the kitchen, and then all of the sudden, it happens. The ceramic cake topper on top of the cake, for whatever reason, falls dunk, onto the table And then off of the table and onto the polished concrete floor and goes, so we pick it up and I look at the guy that I'm doing this with and he looks at me and we kind of go, what do we do? And of course what we do is we take The box that the cake topper is supposed to go in, and we pick up the pieces and we stuff them into the box. (laughs) This cake topper that meant probably so much to that couple, we just stuff its pieces back into the box and try to make sure that nobody finds out. We put the broken pieces in the box on their gift table. (laughs) And we walk away. The next week, I get a call from my boss, the party captain supreme. He tells me that there was a problem with the event that we did last weekend and uh, somehow their cake topper got uh, broken. Did I know anything about that? And of course to that I said, well, yes, of course, I I did it. I'm sorry, I'm I'm the person who, who broke that cake topper. Not. Instead, what I did was I said, I don't, I don't know what happened to that cake topper. It must have broken somehow. I, I, I have no idea. And he said, well, okay. We, we were just going to uh, re- reimburse them the money that the cake topper cost. But um, if we didn't break it, then we're not going to reimburse them. To which I said, oh, okay. And I walked out. Of that office. And I never told anybody about the cake topper. I left, stopped being employed there, went to be a pastor. Since that time, I have received forgiveness time and time again for that sin. For those sins, for uh, not bringing it to somebody's mind in the first place, and then after that denying it. For costing that couple not only the loss of their cake topper, but then on top of that to add insult to injury that my company that I was working for didn't even foot the bill for the thing that I did. It still haunts me. Not because I don't think that I'm forgiven for it, but because I look back at that thing, I look back at those sins and I go, how could have I been that kind of a person who did those things? Now likely you have a story of your own that is that. Likely you have a story of your own that is a moment where you look back into your life and you wonder to yourself, how could have I been that person? How could have I committed that sin? How could have that been something that I did? We could have a pretty exciting time of confession this morning. If we got into those conversations, and yet that's kind of what Paul is writing to Timothy here. Paul is writing to this young pastor. He's writing to him and he's telling him basically, okay, this is what you need to know in order to be a pastor. This is kind of how you go about this. This is how you go about dealing with the failures and defeats in people's lives because that's what a pastor does. A pastor helps you to deal with the defeats and the failures of your life by pointing you to the Word of God. And he says this very sort of strange thing to Timothy. He says, uh, basically, he he says, don't forget about this. He he said, "The, the saying is trustworthy, that Jesus Christ came to save sinners of whom I am the foremost... Because Paul is remembering a time in his life where he can't believe that that was him. This time that he's remembering in his life where he's remembering the cries of Stephen. as Stephen is stoned and he is holding the coats of the people that are stoning this young Christian minister. He's remembering the cries of the families of the people that he has separated from one another because he's arrested a Christian and has brought them to trial in front of the Sanhedrin. He's remembering the moments of all of that ugliness and sin and he's wondering to himself how could it be that that was me? And he's willing to get into an argument here with Timothy. He's willing to get into this great argument. He's willing to say, if you think that you see sinners in Ephesus, where you are located, I can guarantee you, you haven't seen anything like me. That I am the foremost of those sinners, and I will fight you for it. I will fight you for that title. I am the worst sinner. And maybe you're thinking to yourself right now, maybe you're thinking, well, actually, Pastor Jay, well, maybe given this room, I don't know everybody, but I think that that title goes to me. I think I'm the worst one. And I will fight you. I am the worst one. If I got into all of the stories of the sins in my life, of all of the defeats in my life, of all of the failures in my life, well, it could probably make you blush. You would maybe even sort of say, well, maybe he shouldn't be our pastor anymore. If we got into all of those stories, I guarantee you that I could tell you some things that would surprise you but the reason that i would tell you those stories would be the same reason that i that paul would tell those stories to timothy paul told timothy that he was the foremost amongst those sinners because he said if god can forgive me If Jesus Christ can be patient with me, patient enough even to bring me into this ministry, if he can be that patient with me, well, then you're no problem whatsoever. You should be able to look at me and go, well, if Jesus can forgive that guy, then I'm totally in. So often in Christianity, we have this this sort of sickness that brings to, uh, brings to our mind the, this sort of uh, desire to put up this false front. And I don't think it's just a Christian thing. I think it's a human thing. I think we all do it. This sort of false front that makes us look better than what we really are. And Paul here is encouraging us to do the opposite. If anything, Paul is trying to say, make me look worse than what I really am. Make me look so bad that any sinner on the planet will look at me and will say, well, if that guy is okay, if that guy can be loved by God, if God is coming for that guy to bind up his wounds, if if God is coming for that guy to bring him back into the fold if all of heaven is rejoicing over the repentance of that guy well then maybe i've got a shot because deep down inside we all know that we're the foremost of sinners that we know because we all know our own sinfulness in a way that we know better than the sinfulness of anybody else. The only person who knows more about our sins is God. And the only reason for that is that we tend to forget our sins, and God doesn't forget them. God sometimes reminds us of them. Oh, yeah, you had to forgive me of that one, too. But he reminds us of those things so that he can speak into our lives. Speak into those moments of defeat and failure. Speak into those moments of sin and wickedness. Speak into those moments of our own cowardice. Speak into moments that we wish that we could package up and throw away forever. And to say, even those I have forgiven, and I am renewing you, and you are being brought back in to a place where you are loved, a place that you are cared for, a place where you are always granted forgiveness. So may you go out this week and may you make those risky choices that might end up in failure or defeat. And when they do, may you remember that you have a God who has forgiven those and so much more. Amen.